الحمد لله وكفى وسلاما على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد اعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وما خلقت الجن والانس الا ليعبدون سبحان ربك رب العزه عما يصفون وسلاما على المرسلين الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, out of His kindness, out of His mercy, He created all of us as human beings, gave us the gift of Iman, gave us the gift of Islam, but He put us on this earth to test us. This dunya, this world, this earth, was not a place for us to fulfill our wishes, was not meant to be a place for us to satisfy our needs, was not meant for us to be a place to pursue, pursue this world, but rather this dunya is nothing more and nothing less than an examination hall in the place of death and the that we look for today and we can begin to make this resting place, place of ease and a place of comfort. If you think about it, none of us entered this world according to our own wishes. We were only born when and how Allah said, and none of us will leave this world according to our own wishes Amr Shaykh say that, oh, servant of Allah, when you didn't enter this world according to the, your own wishes, then you won't leave this world according to your own wishes. So what makes you think you can live that time between your birth and death according to your own wishes? Rather, that being whose command through which you enter this world, and that being whose hukam through which you will leave this world, should actively live your life between your birth and death according to the hukam, according to the according to the commandments of that same being. Our purpose in life was actually to follow the commandments of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is the rahmah, mercy of Allah that He sent Qur'an and He sent Sunnah that He gave us the deen, a way of passing our life. If you look about it, life, everybody wants their life to be organized, to follow principles, to have some guidelines for what they do. If there is a man in a factory and he owns a factory, and there are no principles in this factory, no rules, no policies, no guidelines, no workstations, nothing. It's just a free-for-all. Every worker can do whatever he wants. Some worker is putting the button on, some worker is sewing, sometimes they switch, sometimes they come, sometimes don't come. So what a disaster that factory would be. So the whole science of management is about developing usul, zawabit, guidelines, principles to ensure that something runs smoothly. Just like that, imagine our life without the deen. Our life is just like that factory gone out of control. When we leave the principles of the deen and do whatever we want, whatever our nafs tells us to do, whatever we feel like doing, sometimes we pray, sometimes we don't pray, sometimes we come to the masjid, sometimes we don't come to the masjid, sometimes we control our gaze, sometimes we don't control our gaze, sometimes we control our anger, sometimes we don't control our anger, our life on earth will then be like that factory that I described. Total chaos. Total mayhem. Actually to give us peace, and this is why our deen is called Islam, one of its many root words is salam, uh, one of the many meanings of its root word is salam, is peace. So peace is obtained through order, through discipline, through simplicity. 
And that is what our deen was supposed to give us. But if you look at the lives of the Muslims today, not the few minutes they spend in the masjid, their lives at home, their lives at the clinic, their lives in the factory, as far as their heart goes, there's none of these things. So the the same tools and tips and strategies we use to manage our dunya, the same tools and tips and strategies a person has to use to manage his deen. And this is what it means when we say Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created humanity as ashraf al-makhluqat, as the best of creation, because he gave them the best way of life. But if we choose to follow our whims and desires, that means that we've chosen the animal way of life. And that means that we will not rise up to the level of humanity that Islam calls us to. We will not rise up to the level of humanity that is above the angels. This is our belief. That the power of Iman, the power of Islam, is that a human being can rise above the levels of the angels. How many of us can say that we've even met a Muslim who we can say from our heart that we believe he has risen above the level of angels? So this is the power of our deen. (coughs) There are two things that everybody has in the world. One is called a need and one is called our objective. Our needs means to eat, to earn money, to have a factory, to have a clinic, to have a job, to be a worker, to be a student. All the things that we do in life, these mundane things, you call them your needs and your necessities. But that is totally different from our maqsad, from our purpose in life. As all of you know, everything is dependent on each and every day of our life, full of fulfilling our needs, but each and every day of our life also has a purpose, a reason why this life is here. Every day of your life, you consider that you are the author of your own biography. You are the living author. Everybody is writing his or her own autobiography. It's not something that people just come up with. Every day of your life is a Quran. Five years from now, you will still only know the meaning of only five surahs of the Quran. 
If today you are unable to ever get up for tahajjud, five years from now you will still have never gotten up for tahajjud. If today you are unable to control your anger, five years from now you will still be unable to control your anger. person will say, no problem. We don't have the same plans for our deen. We don't have the same desire for progress, for continual improvement in our deen that we have for our dunya. So we should think that just as shocked we would be for someone to suggest that we would remain where we are in the dunya, we should be as shocked, as horrified with ourselves if we remain in the same place in the deen. And the reason is, is that we have confused our needs and our purpose in life. For our needs, we want progress. If somebody has a small car today, he wants a better car tomorrow. If he has a small house today, he wants a better house tomorrow. If he eats humble food today, he wants to eat better food tomorrow. As far as our needs go, we want to have continual progress. But as far as our maqsan, our purpose in life goes, the reason Allah subhanahu wa sent us into this world, that we would know Him, that we would love Him, that we would worship Him, that we would feel Him, that we would experience Him, we have no desire for progress in that. We have routinized our deen. And this is something I've really seen in South Africa, is that alhamdulillah through the fuzzle, the karam, the rahmah, the kindness, the mercy of Allah, the Muslims in South Africa have incredible institutions. We've not gone to a town yet where there's not some big masjid. Most of the towns have Muslim schools, darlulums, maktabs, madrasas, plenty of imams, hufaz. So institutionally speaking, the Muslims of South Africa are far ahead of the Muslims of America or Canada or maybe, who knows, many other parts of the world. But what has happened is that those Muslims who develop those institutions, those Muslims who teach in those institutions, they've contented themselves with these buildings and these structures and they forgot that the greatest institution of Islam is the heart of a believer. And they have failed to work on their hearts. Now that the institutions are placed, they just plug themselves in three, four times a day, maybe five times a day for five minutes each. But the rest of their life they have given entirely to the dunya. They don't even think about Allah SWT at any moment or any second when they're in the factory or the clinic or whether they're on the job or in the college or the university. So that's one bad aspect maybe of having so many institutions as we confine our Islam to these walls. And outside, in the outside world, in our habits, in our manners, in our akhlaq, in the condition of our heart, there's no difference between us and the non-believer. Why? Because we have left our maqsad, we have left our purpose in life. So what is this purpose in life? What does Al-Fadallah mean when he said that I did not create the jinn or humanity except for my worship? Does it mean that we have to sit and pray salah or namaz all the time or read Quran all the time? No. But then at the same time, what does it mean? Allah means that He wants us to view ourselves, to carry ourselves as His slave and servant at all times. Until you look at yourself as a slave and servant every moment of the day, you have not attained the proper level of Iman. So if we view ourselves as a worker 18 hours a day, and we only view ourselves as a slave of Allah when we come to the masjid, something's wrong. If we're so conscious of our identity as a doctor 10 hours a day, we never view ourselves as a slave of Allah in that moment. Rather, we're giving orders to everybody around us. We're saying bad things about the other doctors in town. We don't carry ourselves like slaves. It means we have not achieved the purpose of ibadah. What it means when Allah says He created us only to be His abd, 
it means he created us only for his ubid, ubudiyah, to view ourselves as a servant. Imam al-Ghazali, a famous sheikh, a famous scholar, writes in one of his books, Ihyalum al-Din. In his chapter on muhabba, in his chapter on the love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that the greatest rank of love, he writes so many detailed things about the love for Allah, but in the end he writes that the greatest rank of love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is ubudiyah, is perfect and pure, abject slavehood and servanthood. That person who views himself in life as a perfect slave of Allah, that means he truly and deeply loves Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the needs, you can call that the dunya, and the objective of life, you can call that Allah. Because the objective of our life is to know, to recognize, to understand, to worship, to love, and to fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So how do you understand these two things? For example, what is exactly the dunya? Is having a big car, is that dunya? Or having a big house, is that dunya? Having a fancy car, is that dunya? Is having a lot of money, is that dunya? So listen to how our mashayikh have defined dunya. Dunya is anything in the world that distracts you from the remembrance of Allah. If you have a lot of money, but it doesn't distract you from His remembrance, it's not dunya. If you have a fancy car or a big factory and it doesn't keep you from remembering Allah, we won't call it dunya. But even if you have a small wristwatch that you like and it glitters and you look at it, sometimes even in your salah, or you want that people look at it and it keeps you from remembering Allah, we'll call that dunya. So anything that keeps you from remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that has been given the word dunya. So actually it shows you that that means dunya is in contrast to Allah. Now, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said He created us for His ibadah, there was a second thing. That if you're not worshipping 24 hours a day actively, but at the very least you should be remembering Him 24 hours. And this is what Allah Ta'ala said in the Qur'an al-Kareem, Ya ayyuhaladzina amru dhukrullaha dhikram kathira, that O you who believe, remember Allah subhanahu wa abundantly. It means that you should be thinking about Allah subhanahu wa at all times. And that is the sign for us to check if we have thoughts of the dunya in our heart, or we have, in other words, thoughts of ghairullah in our heart, or we have thoughts of Allah subhanahu wa in our heart. Every person's heart is like a room. A room has two conditions. Either there is light in that room, or there is darkness in that room. There is no third position that the room can ever be in. Just like that, the heart of the believer either has the love for Allah inside of it, or has the love for Allah inside of it. Now, how do you tell if you love something? How do you tell if your heart is attached to this thing in the dunya instead of being attached to Allah? Well, the way the Mashiach tells that you can that you assess yourself is see how happy you get when you get the dunya, and how sad you get when the dunya is taken away from you. There's once a famous sheikh who was also a very wealthy person. And he was a trader of cloth. And he had ordered an entire shipload of cloth from abroad. So he was sitting with his students, giving them a talk. And all of a sudden, someone came rushing in and said, Oh, sheikh, we just got some terrible news from the harbor that that ship that was bringing your cloth, the entire ship has sunk. So the sheikh listened to the news. He bowed his head. And he looked up and he said, Alhamdulillah. And then he continued with his talk. And then 20 or 30 minutes later, another young man came from the harbor, running in and said, Oh, Sheikh, we just received some news that that ship that actually sunk, we originally thought it was yours, but it was somebody else's, and the ship that is bringing your cloth is about to come into the harbor. So he listened to the news, he bowed his head for a minute, he looked up, he said, Alhamdulillah, and he continued his talk. 
from students of the Sheikh, they found a very strange thing, that two such conflicting reports, such different pieces of information, and our Sheikh responded exactly the same way. So one student said, Oh Sheikh, we saw a very strange thing today. When you got the news that you lost all your cloth, you said, Alhamdulillah. And then when you got your news that you got back all the cloth, you also said, Alhamdulillah. And the Sheikh said, Yes. When I got the news that the ship had sunk and I had lost all of my cloth, I bowed my head and I looked into my heart and I tried to see if my heart was hurt, if I was sad at all, if I was upset at all, if I was maybe even displeased with the hukum with the ruling of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But I found that my heart was totally fine, that I wasn't sad at all. So I looked up and I said, Alhamdulillah, praise be to Allah that I'm not sad. Then when I got the news, that no, my ship is still coming in, that I will still have my cloth. I looked inside my heart to see, is my heart happy? Is it glad now that it's getting all this dunya? And I found that this also made no difference in my heart. So I looked up and I said, Alhamdulillah, that Allah Ta'ala has not made any difference in my heart. It means that if your heart is attached to something, its coming and going will affect your heart. Its increase and decrease will affect your heart. So, imagine that man if he loses something in his business, if some of the patients in his clinic go somewhere else and he gets very sad, that means it affects his heart. And that same man, if he happens to miss Fajr or oversleep Fajr one day, he doesn't feel sad at all. Just looks at the clock, 8 a.m., what? So big deal. I overslept. I'll just pray two rakaz gaza and go off to work. Shows. What affects your heart? If you lose out on something and you feel it, that means you love that thing in your heart. And if you gain something and you feel it, it means you love that thing in your heart. So if you want to see that you love Allah Taala in your heart, and then you think that you don't feel Allah in your salah, that you are unable to remember Him throughout the day, that you never think about Allah even for one second, it means you're losing out on Allah. And if that bothers your heart, then it means yes, you have some love for Allah. But if that doesn't bother your heart one bit, if it doesn't bother your heart that you don't understand Qur'an, if it doesn't bother your heart that you're not progressing in your deen, it means that your heart is not at all given to Allah SWT, despite all the institutions you can make, the institution of your heart, you gave the most valuable institution to the dunya. After that you can make a thousand buildings if you want. So how do you then reorient our heart? How do we go back to our roots? How do we fulfill our objective and purpose on life? which is to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How do we bring Allah back into our life after literally having kicked Him out of our clinics, kicked Him out of our factories, kicked Him out of our schools? It sounds ugly when you put it in words. I'm just putting into words the reality of our condition, the reality of our actions. And as you know, there's a proverb in English, actions speak louder than words. So it means that we must think about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We must make dhikr, a general dhikr, Simply remember Allah at all times in our heart. Look in Quran, there's a very strange ayah. Rijalun la tulhihim tijaratun walad bayun an That they were such people that neither commerce, nor trading, nor buying, or selling distracted them from the remembrance of Allah. It means in the heart of the factory, in the heart of the college, in the heart of the school, they were still remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now what does that mean? It can't mean their tongues, because their tongues are busy bargaining, buying, selling, quoting, negotiating. It means that even while they were doing that, or even while their bodies were active, 
inside their heart was humbly remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They never forgot his existence. Let me give you an example. To prove to you that a human being has this ability. If any of you leave your house and your wife or your husband tells you to get something, your spouse tells you, oh, bring some veg- this particular vegetable. On the way, you meet your friend. So you start talking to your friend, you start chatting him up, but in the back of your mind or in the depth of your heart, you never forget that your wife told you to get that vegetable. Whether it's because you remember the vegetable, whether it's because you're afraid of your wife if you go home empty-handed, whatever the reason is, you will not forget, and when you're done with that fellow, you will continue on in your task and get the vegetable and come home. It shows that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us the ability to process thoughts in the back of our mind. If you want another example, look at your own salah. You come into salah in a state of wudu. You do your best to cut yourself off from the world. You don't talk to anybody. You don't eat anything. You don't look anywhere left and right. But mashallah, as soon as you start your salah, even if your tongue has the words of Allah flowing from its lips, in the back of your mind, in the depth of your heart, you are thinking so many things. You're planning your business. You're thinking of the patient you still have to see. You're thinking of the homework assignment you still have left. You think thousands of things. It means that Allah has given us an ability to think about something, to remember something inside of ourselves. That ability was given to us to make his dhikr, to remember him from the depths of our heart. That we should be thinking about Allah at all times. And the more and more you remember Allah, then you will start to feel the love for Allah Because the sign that you love something is that you love them. Just think if any of you has a daughter or a sister or a mother and she's far away from you. So sometimes you call her up and say, Oh mom, I'm thinking about you all the time. It doesn't mean you're sitting in a corner of the room saying mom, mom, mom or taking your mother's name, Fatima, Fatima, Fatima. No. You're doing whatever you're doing in life but inside your heart, in the depth of your heart, you're always thinking about your mother. You're always remembering your mother. You never forget your mother. Or if any one of us has a dear one who passed away, for a few days we were just always thinking about that person. Does that mean we drop what we do and we sit home in the house? We keep doing everything that we're doing and the apparent person who's not so close to us, he won't see any difference in our life, but inside we're in a different world altogether. Our hearts and minds are processing all types of thoughts. All we do is think about that person, our dearly beloved one who passed away. So just like that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is supposed to be our dearly beloved one. He said in Quran, وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَشَدُّ حُبًّا لِلَّهِ That no, those who believe are extreme in their love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Just look at the young man when he falls in love. All he does is think about his beloved. The famous story of Layla and Majnoon, all of you know it. That Majnoon, all he did was think about Layla. Now, if Majnoon ever said that, oh, I never think about Layla at all, nobody would have called him Majnoon. He was Majnoon because day and night, all he ever did was think about Layla. So we are all supposed to be Majnoon over Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's what this translation, Ashaddu Hubban, for those in Arabic means that it means Majnoon. It means even more than Majnoon. It means the crazy, mad, passionate, intense lovers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's not some high level of the muttaqeen or the awliya or something like that. It's, those people have iman, those people who believe, they are extreme in their love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So on the one hand, Allah is calling us to His extreme love, and the reality is all we have is extreme love for the dunya, 
extreme love for things that are other than Allah. So the first step is to make zikr, is to start thinking about Allah more and more throughout the day. Bring Him back into your life. And it's just a mental exercise in the beginning. It simply means, for example, you're between rounds in your hospital, you're between rounds in your factory. Just look at yourself and say, at this moment was I aware of Allah? And obviously you were so busy doing what you were doing, you had totally forgotten Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So just connect that wire back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Re-establish that connection back to Allah for a second, and then get back to doing whatever you're doing. And then when two or three minutes again, you're going to forget Allah. So then connect again. Throughout the day, it's just a mental exercise to start thinking about Allah more and more and more. Then there will come such a time that you will be one of those people, inshallah, that they're just walking around and all they do is think about Allah in their hearts. Otherwise, their bodies are doing everything else that they always did. But in the background, they have the background music of the zikr of Allah SWT playing in their hearts at all times. They're lost in the thoughts of their beloved. And this has many, many benefits. The first benefit this has is that keeps you from committing sin. Because just ask anybody who commits sin, anybody who looks at something you shouldn't look at, anybody who did something you shouldn't have done, that, oh, young man or woman, at the moment you did that, were you remembering Allah? That person would say, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? At that moment I was so absorbed in my sin, I was so deep in my sin, I forgot Allah, I forgot messenger of Allah, I forgot I'm a person who said, la ilaha illallah. I was totally oblivious to everything. I was just absorbed in this dunya. So the zikr of Allah will protect you. It is your weapon against shaitan, it is a weapon against your own nafs. The more and more you think about him, the harder it will be difficult to sin. Number two, the more and more you have remember Allah in your life, then the reality of the dunya will open up in front of you. Because everything in life is only known from its opposite. So you'll only understand the trivial nature of the dunya when you begin to feel the majestic nature of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in your heart. When you look at this world through the lens of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's remembrance, then you will truly feel. It won't just be something you hear in speeches that, oh, this dunya is just a couple of days. It's just a matter of seconds compared to all of eternity. Your life, you will really feel like that. And then you won't mind. You won't be sad if something bad happens to you. You'll think, well, it's just for a few moments. And even in this world, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will then give me something good in return. So the more and more you remember Allah, the more and more the reality of your life will open up in front of you. What does this mean? Because there will be certain activities that you do in life in which you won't be able to remember Allah. If you make this your goal to try to think about Him at all times, during all your activities, there will be some activities when you're unable to remember Him. Such as maybe watching the TV, or listening to music, or looking at the nurse's face, or doing something bad in the market. There will be some moments, some activities that you do in your life that you will not be able to remember Allah. So those will be signs for you that there's something wrong with this activity, that I must change this activity. Because I'm trying to remember Allah at all times, and every time I do this activity, I always forget Him. I cannot remember Him during this activity. It means that there's something wrong with that action. So when you start to become a person who tries to remember Allah at all times, automatically your whole life will open up in front of you. Automatically you'll assess your life on this basis of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's remembrance. Other benefit when you remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that Allah will remove your worries. Allah has said in Quran, Allah bidikra lahi tatma in al That know through the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, 
Only through his remembrance will you get peace and tranquility and serenity in your hearts. So the more and more we remember him, the more peace we will feel in our hearts, the more we will realize our place in this world, the more we will return to our roots, our real objective in life, which is to be simple, humble people who carried themselves as the slaves, carried themselves as the servants, thought about him and felt Allah and loved Allah every moment of their lives and just partake of their needs as much as they needed to. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us all the tawfiq, to become people of zikr, to become people of remembrance. ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكوننا من الخاسرين اللهم أعيننا لذكرك وشكرك وحسن إبادتك وتلامتك يا الله we have been so distant from you in our lives يا الله we have forgotten you for so many moments of our life يا الله we have lived so many moments of our life absent of your remembrance يا الله we are turning you today we are begging to you in your mercy in your generosity in your karam to make us people of zikr. Ya Allah, we too want to be people who remember you at all times. We too want to be people who feel your love in our heart. Allahumma inna nas'aluka hambaka wa hubba ma yuhibbuk. Ya Allah, place the love for you in our hearts. Place the love for the beloved messenger in our hearts. Ya Allah, place the love for those who love you in our hearts. Ya Allah, make us amongst your beloveds and make us amongst the beloveds of the blessed messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ya Allah, make us people who stay away from sin. Ya Allah, today we pledge to you that we ask your forgiveness for all of our sins, that we repent to you for all of our sins. Ya Allah, forgive us for all the sins that we have ever done. Forgive us for the sins that we did in the day. Forgive us for the sins that we did at night. Ya Allah, forgive us for the sins that we did alone. Forgive us for the sins that we did with others. Ya Allah, forgive us for the sins that we did with our eyes. Forgive us for the sins that we did with our hands. Forgive us for the sins that we did with our tongues. And forgive us for the sins that we did with our hearts. Ya Allah, keep, help us to stay away from sin. Ya Allah, out of your rahmah, Allah, keep us away from sin. Out of your mercy, Allah, keep us away from the people of sin. Keep us away from the gatherings of sin. Keep us away from the evils of the night. And keep us away from the evils of the day. Ya Allah, make us people of ibadah. Make us people of taqwa. Make us people of sabr and tawakkul and tahara. Ya Allah, bless this masjid, Allah. Ya Allah, make this masjid the shining light of the Qur'an, Sunnah, and Sharia. Ya Allah, increase and always bring people of taqwa into this masjid. Ya Allah, let this masjid be a factory of producing people of taqwa. Ya Allah, safeguard this masjid, Allah. Ya Allah, anybody who here who may be sick or have sick ones, Ya Allah, grant them health. Anybody who may have financial difficulties, Ya Allah, grant them the risk of halal tayyib. Grant them the purest and noblest of wealth. Ya Allah, anybody who has any worries, any anxieties, any difficulties, Ya Allah, you are the only one who can remove our difficulties. Ya Allah, you are the only, the, the only one who can ease our worries. Ya Allah, you may have billions of servants, but Allah, we have only one you. Allah Ta'ala, if you do not shower your mercy upon us, if you do not accept us, Allah Ta'ala, there is no other place for us to go, no other place, for, no other being for us to ask. Ya Allah, we beg of you, we testify that you are the only one for us. Ya Allah, we beg of you to forgive us for our sins. We beg you to ease our worries and ease our difficulties. And Ya Allah, we beg of you to put your value in our heart. Ya Allah, we beg you to put the value of the deen in our heart. We beg of you to put the value of your love in our heart. Ya Allah, we beg of you to let us recognize the dunya for its reality. Let us look upon the dunya as you wish us to look upon it. Ya Allah, let us make, make us amongst your ibad. Make us amongst your perfect slaves and servants. 
Ya Allah, protect and safeguard the children of this community. Ya Allah, save the iman of the children of this community. Ya Allah, save the iman of all the descendants of the people of this community.